Over the last two decades, there have been increasing numbers of First Nations people graduating with degrees from the tertiary sector and a growing number of First Nations people working within sectors of the academy. What has been the impact of this change and what are the barriers still to be overcome? Juanita Sherwood is the Professor of Australian Indigenous Education at the University of Technology, Sydney. Her expertise ranges across Indigenous research, First Nations health, cultural safety, birthing on country and Aboriginal women's incarceration. Juanita, welcome back to Speaking Out. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Now, in the time that you've been in the tertiary education sector, how have you seen the cohort of First Nations students grow and change? Wow. Well, they definitely have been growing. And we are certainly, I think, initially, we were seen to be um, strong in the health field and in education in teaching in as Aboriginal teaching assistants, um, we have really spread our wings into all sectors of the academy since those, you know, first 10 years, I think. And we are, you know, leaping into research encounters and doing things that I think were beyond what was expected of us in that space. You know, initially we were seeing as being, you know, health professionals and and education assistants. And now we're really leading the show. You've also been a great promoter of higher degree research for First Nations people. What have you seen in terms of the changes in the number of First Nations people undertaking master's and doctoral studies? Oh, wow. Well, that's been an amazing leap. And we've had a number of programs to support that, such as Nerican, and, and particularly universities have focused on growing um, masters and PhD students. I think that we are definitely far more excited about the postgraduate experience. Um, we know that we can actually bring to that full um, our ways of knowing and being and doing, which has really shifted the research agenda and the outcomes for our communities. Now, another area where you've been really active and particularly in your own areas of health and education is around ethical frameworks. So you've been a proponent of improved ethical standards in relation to the way that research on Indigenous issues has taken place. How have ethics standards within the Academy changed over the last couple of decades? Well, we've really actually been able to stand up and say what we expect from ethics. And we um, have been able to get universities and to appreciate that ethics connects to your culture. And so a mainstream agenda of ethics is definitely not going to to fit with what we need to be doing in, in our research agenda. And I think ethics has been the underscoring of how we approach our research, ways of doing business in the community we are always, I mean, respect I see is a key component and, and um, reciprocity, a key areas of the way we, um, and do no harm, of course, approach research. And they're really important ways of knowing and being and doing anyway in our ways of working in communities. And we've strongly embarked in making sure that those that come into our communities follow that space. And I think that's made research a lot safer than it was 30 years ago. 
In addition to ethics, you've also been an active part of a movement within the Academy to use Indigenous methodologies. For people who aren't in the sector, they might wonder what an Indigenous methodology is. What does it mean in practice? Well, an Indigenous research methodology means working in a way that basically supports our ways of doing business. It's about a methodology that appreciates that, you know, our culture has always been a very verbal culture and so particularly um, we perhaps don't value so much the survey model where you are expecting people to answer questions on papers but sitting down and yarning with people, connecting with people, making sure that you listen to people. Um, That's probably sounds like that's a no-brainer, but in fact um, many researchers get into a um, on non-Indigenous, the non-Indigenous researchers I've observed don't listen. They, they're too busy thinking about their questions before they have an answer given to them by the, the person who's doing the interview with them and they fail to listen to what's being shared with them and by failing to listen, people get distressed by not being heard and, and wondering, you know, why is this person wasting my time? So really, I guess listening is probably the most critical thing that we should be doing. And it makes me wonder whether, you know, we should be promoting um, other forms of listening to our data rather than putting things, encoding things into Enviva systems, et cetera. There's, you know, there's probably more, I guess that's another discussion to be had, but, you know, our, our methodologies are about acknowledging our ways of knowing and being and doing and communicating information and knowledge. When you talk about making sure people are really listening, researchers not anticipating what the answers are or simplifying answers through surveys, it sounds like Indigenous methodologies, which many people assume are only relevant for Indigenous-focused research, actually could be useful throughout the whole of Academy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've always been the precursor of, you know, really good ideas about doing things with people. You know, we, um, that, that's our way of being. And I think um, we've, our focus on primary health care, our focus on community health, our focus on um, collective, you know, working approaches definitely sort of lay the foundation for others to follow. Another phrase that has crept into the academy and the Indigenous space is the concept of Indigenous-led research. And it is a concept that many people like to have their own interpretation of what that means. But for you, um, what does that concept of Indigenous-led research mean in practice? Well, I guess, you know, critically, um, having an Aboriginal person right up front um, is probably really critical. I guess I've really had some pretty good teachings just this this year about what does indigenous research look led research look like and it's about you know not worrying about whose names at the front of a paper it's not it's about you know not promoting a research agenda that is you know i guess has the formula approach it's about really supporting the self-determination of, you know, bodies that are involved in the research. And I think, you know, we, we're becoming 
more included in the research process, but we really do have to be heard in that space. And and I guess the National Health and Medical Research Council has attempted to really build its Indigenous research focus, and I and I speak to that probably because because I'm, I'm many grants with them, but we still remain homogenised into that mainstream model of what is considered to be a research approach. You know, we still have not been able to crack our methodology and our approach to being the way forward. Um, We still have the overturns of the money being the most financially, you know, appropriate way of doing research. What has been the impact of more First Nations peoples as academics and researchers within the tertiary sector meant? It's meant that we actually are building a great way, I mean, a greater way of appreciating and valuing our ways of doing business. We are actually being heard in within the academy. Our ways of doing business, I mean, we're very good at sharing and we're very good at participating actively in the university space. And I think that's highly valued by the universities. And it's a space that a lot of people do value, um, particularly our collaborative participatory approach to being involved in a research encounter, an education encounter, a development encounter. We we bring a whole host of different ways of doing that that facilitate more collective and collaborative and also educational approaches that people actually value and ask and develop further um, deeper understandings and I think we've really brought into the into this space a more critically thinking approach to getting knowledge happening rather than what has been a passively a passive approach to building ways of knowing and being and doing. I've been talking to you about your work and advocacy in the research space and with um high degree research students. But of course, you've also been quite active in the curriculum reform process. You've been a driver of uh, Indigenous graduate attributes. Can you explain what they are and what they're hoping to achieve? I guess our attributes were our our positioning or our self-determining what we really wanted to be addressing in education and and in health. Um, The attributes I pushed were pretty strong. Um, you know, I wanted racism recognised and I wanted colonisation recognised as, you know, ongoing issues that continue to impact on our health and wellbeing and our educational wellbeing. Um, we, we know that many of our Indigenous health professionals who go into nursing per se, a lot of people end up leaving that, that vocation because of the racism they experience in the academy. So we know that we do really need to be raising these attributes. We need to be getting, um, we need the university system to take us seriously in relation to um, combating racism and being culturally safe. And the attributes were developed in ways to enable people to feel comfortable, to unpack and educate and, and deliver those attributes We've got a long way to go still um, in health settings and we know that the lack of cultural safety has major impacts, health and wellbeing of communities 
and, and, and leads to, unfortunately, deaths in health settings when people do not actively take up those learnings that they should be learning in the academy. We've been having a great chat about the work you've done as an advocate within the research and graduate attributes space, but of course you're very active with your own research. Can you share with us what some of your own research priorities are at the moment? Okay. Well, quite a few actually. Um, I would have been surprised if there was just one. (laughs) Well, the birthing on country is probably one of the most important ones. Um, We have been, we're involved in two NHMRC grants and one of them is a CRE, so one's on boost and one's birthing on country. And um, as I've moved down to NARA, so I'm very on country with um, Waminda, um, which is an Aboriginal women's community controlled health organisation who I've been doing work with for many years and now able to um, <clears throat> be very close and connected to the birthing on country push and um, women to receive $22 million from the Labor government that has got in to build their own birthing on country um, health post, which is going to revolutionise, you know, the birthing on country in the South Coast where we know the birthing is such an important space for the well-being of you you know just you know your birth can make such a difference to having a great birth or having a bad birth and the impact it has on your whole life um, down the track and making sure that that birthing practice is in process and the experience mums and bubs have in the hospital setting or a clinic setting is vital to the long longevity of your life and, and the well-being and um, and the lack of you know if we can reduce the trauma of a birth, which generally and a lot of women are terrified of going in and having babies in hospitals because of the fear of having their children removed. And if we are well staffed with First Nation nurses and midwives and um, and nurses and midwives that are culturally safe, we're going to improve outcomes for baby and mum. And we are hoping that we are also going to make a big dent in um, the removal rates of children at the birthing site and, and later down the track. Well, it's an amazing project. I hope you'll come back in a little while and tell us more about how that's going. I will. I'd love to. Juanita, thank you so much for spending time with us on Speaking Out. We always love having you on the show. Thank you very, very much. It's been lovely to be here. Juanita Sherwood is Professor of Australian Indigenous Education at the University of Technology, Sydney.